Welcome to another Pharma Forum podcast. In this episode, I speak with Dominic James, Global Head of Digital Health Innovation and Alliances at MSD, on the highly topical subject of, yes, that's right, Dominic's specialism, digital health. We discuss how important it is that both the pharmaceutical industry and the healthcare sector now really embrace digital health and all that encompasses and overcome the challenges preventing that happening. After all, if most patients are utilising digital more frequently in their daily lives, it seems evident that there should be a digital transformation of the health ecosystem to facilitate an infrastructure where digital can lend itself to perhaps balancing out some of the still existing issues of access and inequalities. In such a regulated industry as pharma, though, the barriers are myriad and complex, and the question of scalability is ever there in the shadows when discussing digital health. Nonetheless, that's not to say it can't come into the light eventually, but it will be a matter of working collaboratively. Our conversation will take listeners from the UK to the US, from Europe to Asia's diverse parts, and back again. I hope you enjoy the discursive and insightful journey as much as I do. And as ever, thank you for listening. This is web editor Nicole Raleigh, and today's topic is digital health, the importance of pharma embracing digital health, the challenges and the opportunities that surround that, and generally pushing the boundaries of what's possible in digital health. Digital transformation in health has been a promise for more than a decade, and while other industries seem to be moving at high speed in terms of progress, in the health and life sciences sectors, things appear to be moving much more slowly. To discuss what lies behind this and what can be done, today I have with me Dominic James, Global Head of Digital Health Innovation and Alliances at MSD. Welcome, Dom. Thank you. Now, you're a veritable digital transformation expert, so I'm sure the conversation today will hold many learnings and many insights. But before we plunge into digital health per se, perhaps you could tell me and our listeners a bit more about your journey to where you are now as Global Head of Digital Health and Innovation and Alliances at MSD. Well, thanks very much, Nicole. It's um, really a kind of pleasure to be talking to you. Um, I, I would say kind of my background is um, non-traditional, um, certainly from a kind of a pharma perspective. Um, I've been in the industry for five years. Uh, mm-hmm. Prior to that, I'm, I'm from out of industry. My background is uh, really innovation consulting. So I've worked in innovation uh, for the bulk of my career across just about every industry. Uh, I've worked globally. I'm originally from the UK. I've lived in the US. I spent about 15 years living in Asia uh, and working mm-hmm. out there. Um, I've worked in big consulting, I've run my own firm, uh, and then my early career, which is now a, a, a hot topic, uh, my early career was as a data scientist, so as a hands-on keyboard uh, statistical programmer, uh, and, and uh, I moved from there into consulting. Um, and then kind of really, uh, if I think about, say, the red threads of my career, it's like data and digital, as I've talked about, definitely global, and then it's definitely this kind of thirst for kind of curiosity, driving impact and changing the, the status quo. And that's that's really what I've been doing since I joined MSD five years ago. Um, five years ago, I, I started in market transformation roles. I spent a lot of time transforming some of our Asian markets. I then moved into a global transformation role uh, where I was I had a, a much broader remit kind of transforming across the world. 
-hmm. and then really this year I've moved into this um, digital health innovation role, uh, which is something uh, new for me in this industry, but it kind of pulls together all of those innovation experiences I had, but then also my kind of knowledge of the industry and of the company now. Gosh, thank you for that. That's a lot of You've done a bit of everything by the sounds of it, It's but all interconnected, as you say. So we're going to come back to some of the stuff you just mentioned, but let's let's go to the main theme so we can focus our conversation and tell me, Dom, the pharmaceutical industry needs to be embracing digital health. That's a given. But why is that? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question. I mean, you look at uh, maybe if I take a step back and I look at some other industries, they really much kind of further ahead than we are as an industry. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You look at finance, it's much further ahead. You look at consumer, you look at apps, you look at, you know, telco technology, all of these other areas are much further ahead than we are. We're, we as an industry are, are, are further behind. And um, digital health has been a promise for our industry for a long time. So there's um, definitely a few kind of jaded people in the industry. Um, mm -hmm. But why is it important? And why is it important now? One is, um, it's, Definitely, though, it's happening anyway, right? Uh, digital health, the uh, health ecosystem is becoming more digital. If you look at, um, say, just during COVID, how the adoption of digital technologies, things like telehealth, uh, really ramped up. Of course, they've fallen back a little bit, but they're much higher than they were previously. Um, people uh, expect to be able to uh, engage with all aspects of their life through digital. Um, that's kind of just a consumer expectation. Um, the industry is changing. Um, it's changing really now to a degree where it's um, digital health is kind of becoming the mainstream. So from a pharma perspective, just bringing it back, why does pharma need to care about this? One, um, the environment in which we as pharma companies operate in are, is the digital health ecosystem. So, you know, we have very long kind of roadmaps to our products. We need to think five, 10 years ahead. If we fast forward, say five years and think about what the health ecosystem will look like, day and night, it's gonna be a much more digital uh, ecosystem. So we need to know how to operate in that ecosystem. That's the, the basic. Mm -hmm. The second thing is if we, um, want to be effective and create better patient outcomes, we need to know how to take full advantage of the technologies that are there. Um, so for better outcomes, we, we need to be able to embrace digital health and the technologies and the opportunities that it brings. Mm -hmm. So what are the sort of main challenges to that, the, the hurdles and what can be done to circumvent them? Yeah, it's, there are a lot of hurdles in this industry, and there's, you know, I talked about this, you know, this industry being behind, you know, frankly, um, other industries, and um, there are a lot of hurdles. So you've got all the hurdles that any company faces when they're working on innovation. So uh, inertia, typical ways of working, it's really kind of hard to, especially you work in, say, large corporates, large organizations. It's very hard to kind of move the, the, the needle and, and kind of change the direction of a company. That's, that's just innovation. That's hard. The second thing is our um, external environment is very regulated, highly regulated, right? Uh, and, you know, for, for, for good reasons. But again, in a regulated environment, innovation is a lot harder. Um, so there are things you can do and you can't do. And you need the regulators also to be uh, working in a, a, 
in, in a way that's uh, innovative as well. Uh, and then the third thing, um, which is really kind of, I think, unique to our industry, is the fact that we are kind of non-standard. So if you think about the potential of, of digital, what does, say, a Meta, Facebook, Google, Google, Apple, all of these things have in common? Actually, they create something in Silicon Valley, and they're able to export that across the world, uh, largely unchanged in a standard way. That's not the same in our industry. Every country is different. And so from a scalability perspective, which is one of the true potentials of digital, we don't really have that. It's a lot harder in our industry because healthcare systems vary enormously from country to country. So if we focus on that uh, notion of the differences between country to country, because you mentioned Asia earlier and your extensive experience there, I wonder if you could um, sort of explain a little bit the differences in the challenges that are being faced between the UK and some places within Asia at the moment when it comes to digital health and the implementation within pharma? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say you have to go as as kind of far as, as Asia. I mean, you could, yes. compare, you could compare the UK with Germany as, a, as an example, right? Uh, UK, very centralised healthcare system. Uh, Germany, uh, a, a lot more um, of a kind of a cluster federated model. Um, so, you know, the, there's disparity there, right? The, the entities that you deal with, the nature of the healthcare system. Um, you look in a lot of Asian markets. Uh, I, I mean, Asia is not one kind of demographic. It, it, it kind of varies enormously. But, you know, you, you look at some of the markets, they're kind of largely kind of private markets. So, you know, you're, you're dealing with private healthcare institutions. And then you look at, you know, there's also a lot of income um, disparity in, in, in some of the larger uh, Asia markets and some of the, um, the poorer Asian markets. So um, the, the cost of healthcare um, and, you know, access to that technology is, uh, is different in those markets versus in, in um, say, the UK, for example. Um, so there's, there's just kind of a, a lot of variety. But I mean, you compare the US, which is really different from the UK as well. And when I say like non-standard or, or like non-scalable, what we do in the US is quite different from what we do in the UK and what we do in the Nordics and what we do in, in Europe and Asia and all of these other markets. So you have to think um, really quite creatively uh, mm. around what scalability means what lessons can you take from one market and apply to the other maybe it's an idea it's a thought process uh it's a specific technology um that you can take from one market and scale across the world but it's never a right a, a kind of a cut and paste we're not a we're, we're not a facebook we can't just build, build something in in silicon valley and then take that and and roll that out across the rest of the world Yes, I mean, so looking at the challenges, access, scalability, regulatory policies, and even behavior change within corporations, given all this, have there been, despite that, tangible signs of progress within the pharma industry when it comes to digital health? Yeah, I so there are definitely signs of progress. Um, I, I, I think, you, you know, you, you can take a few different perspectives Um to, to this, right? Um, on on the one hand, if you look at uh, digital health overall as an industry, it's currently around you know dif different companies have different estimates. Currently, about a half a billion dollar industry projected to become a trillion dollar industry. 
So in order of magnitude, pharma globally is say $1.2 trillion. So what kind of what that, that means is digital health as an industry is becoming parity with pharma in terms of value. Um, and what that really means is a lot of people are invested in um, transforming and making the ecosystem much more digital. And mm -hmm. so that, that's kind of happening at scale anyway. And so pharma companies are working within that environment. And um, there, there are, I, I, I think, lots of different uh, areas of initiatives that have been successful. But in terms of like really at, at, at very significant scale, um, we're not quite there yet. And, you, you know, the, the, I think the companies that are doing well are the ones that are really experimenting in this space and trying things and learning and taking those lessons and kind of applying them more broadly. The, the other kind of area I would say of um, kind of signs of progress, um, you would look at, say, patient adoption. I mentioned, say, telemedicine earlier. Uh, if you think about, um, you know, go, go back a couple of years pre-COVID in the U.S., telemedicine adoption was about two, three percent. It ramped up to about seventy percent during COVID, and then fell back down to about twenty percent. So it was three percent. It's now twenty percent. What that means is patients are embracing um, are embracing uh, digital methods to engage the healthcare system. Um, so that's a real strong sign of progress. Uh, and then just maybe one more would be uh, governments taking action. So you look at Germany, for example, and what's happening with Digger over there. So they uh, in Germany, for people who don't know, I'm sure, I'm sure most people do know, uh, they can prescribe uh, apps to, to patients. Pre physicians can prescribe apps to patients and they get reimbursed. That framework of reimbursement of digital uh, therapeutics is being uh, adopted in France, Belgium, and then, you know, you, it doesn't take a lot of imagination to think that's going to happen across Europe and then the US, the rest of the world. So governments are taking action in this space as well. Thank you for that. So we're talking about this exploration, talking about this sort of incremental adoption so that at the end of the day, the key focus, the patients, the patients benefit from this amazing technology. What's the future vision? What's hoped for should the challenges, or I should say, when the challenges are overcome? Yeah, you know, I, I think the way to think about this is really in terms of what's possible for patients. And, and you know, when I look across the, the, the industry, you know, I'm a lot of innovation events, I talk to a lot of companies, of course, we have our, our own kind of capabilities and projects and initiatives in, internally. Um, I, I think there are kind of a, quite a few different areas where the technology uh, has a massive impact on, on patients. The first one is really around kind of disease prevention, early diagnosis, massive area of earlier detection of diseases, getting treatment earlier, uh, even, you know, maybe a little bit outside of pharma. Uh, encouraging people for healthier lifestyles so that they um, don't need medical treatment. So kind of the, the, the phrase is moving from sick care to healthcare. That's the, uh, that, that's the buzz phrase in, in, in that space. There's a convenience aspect to, to health. Um, you know, I talked about tele telemedicine, um, but, you know, remote pa patient treatment, remote monitoring, um, there's the convenience perspective of that, but then there's also the accessibility and the health equity aspect of that as well. You know, a lot of 
patients so they're sick that by the, by the nature of them being patients not always so mobile uh, maybe they can't get to health uh, the health treatment that they need and uh, bringing health to treatment to where the patient is rather than taking them to a health institution uh, that's a massive benefit and there's also a massive cost saving that comes with that because treating people in hospitals is expensive uh, maybe the third area is kind of healthcare becomes a lot more personalized um, a fourth area is really about empowering physicians to treat people more effectively and more efficiently. It's an area that's really important for governments uh, because we know that there's a, a physician shortage. And mm -hmm. so being able to amplify the impact of a single physician leveraging digital health. You know, we've heard about AI algorithms that find cancer better than radiographers. I mean, that's kind of well, well publicized now. Uh, that, that's a, a, a big area. Um, just overall patient outcomes. I talked a little bit about therapeutic, digital therapeutics and actually changing the outcomes for patients. And then the overall kind of healthcare equity piece, uh, bringing, lowering the cost of healthcare and making healthcare more accessible to, to more people. That's the future. That's what we're really talking about here. Thank you. I mean, it is, it's quite a future and it's a future that's a long time coming and should be so right now. So what happens when this is all enacted as part of partnership, part of collaboration, buzzwords, if you will, on a level with AI this year, which we haven't mentioned in terms of digital health, but what yeah. about those aspects? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think the, the right way of thinking about this is the healthcare system is super complex. No one can really go for it, on, can kind of solve the problems of health. Uh, on their own, whether it's digital or, or any, any other type of health, right? Uh, the, the ecosystem is com complex. So the only way to really be successful is to uh, go for it with other people. And that's where partnership and collaboration is, is, is massive. Um, you know, if, and, and that kind of comes up in, in many different forms, right? On, on the one hand, you know, there's the option of you know, the, the simple option, I want to build a digital tool, should I build it myself or should I find a partner to build it for me? That's kind of the, the, the straightforward thing. But um, after that, then I have to get things into the ecosystem. I have to get people using these things. I have to make sure that, um, that I'm creating something that is of value to patients or value to physicians. Um, from a pharma perspective, I have to acknowledge my own space in the in the healthcare system, right? Where am I operating and what is my role? If I take a patient-centric approach, no one really needs a, a, an app for a single medicine if they're on, you know, a multi-medicine treatment, for, for example. Um, they want more a holistic health solution. And then pharma can't really do that on their on their own. We have to work with other people in order to do that. Um, so kind of collaboration is essential, partnership is essential, uh, really, because, you know, we want to be effective, we want to be patient centric, um, and we just want to make a, a, a real impact. And none of that can really happen, uh, us going it alone. No, absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Tom. That's been really insightful, certainly for me, and I hope for our listeners. And thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And so that concludes another episode of the Pharma Forum podcast. 
You can find out more information about this episode, including a download link and information about previous instalments of the series at farmerforum.com forward slash podcasts. The Farmer Forum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher and Podbean, where you can find and subscribe by searching for Farmer Forum. Of course, don't forget to visit our website itself, where you can sign up for daily news and analysis bulletins, and follow us on Twitter, or X nowadays, at at That's all for now. Thank you for listening.